The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.
Good morning, everybody. Good morning in this strange and beautiful Sunday. It's good to be alive. Welcome to all of you on this December 26th, 2021, wherever it finds you. I am the senior minister, Vanessa Southern, of the First Unitarian Universalist Society of San Francisco. And if you're having deja vu, so are we. Out of the importance of caution and the care for one another's lives, we, because of this new variant, have closed the service down just to live stream only for the next few weeks, and then we'll see how the numbers go, and maybe we'll be back together physically again, but we're always together in community, spiritually, in the ways that we have mastered in the last, I don't know, 19, 20 months. So please, all of you, keep safe and cozy this morning and all the mornings ahead. I am incredibly blessed to be co-leading worship this morning with a wonderful set of people. First, I want to introduce you to all of them. First, I want to acknowledge our board moderator, Rochelle Fortier-Wadibia, who is here as the worship associate this morning. Second, I want to acknowledge half of the team who is here because they're juggling childcare. The two incredible children, Liam and Sterling, are here with us. And so we have Sam Hamner, who's here on the chancel, and his wife, Christina McCauley Hamner, who you will see soon, who are both, their whole family, probably among the newest members of the congregation. And we're super blessed to have them as part of the church. And who mentioned to me that Kwanzaa was part of their family's celebrated traditions and practices. And one of the blessings of our Unitarian Universalist community is the diversity of religious practices and perspectives and philosophies that we share and that we don't force any of who we are religiously into the closet, so to speak, but that in fact we try to celebrate and share all of who we are to discuss it so that we can grow and deepen from one another, and this Sunday is another facet of that. So the idea of the service was one that came from Sam and Christina, and they offered to co-lead, and I'm so grateful for that, for both of you. But also, what really gave this service reality was the presence of Clinton Sockwell II. Brother Clinton, who is here with us today, who we are so, so grateful to have here. Brother Clinton and Adrienne, uh, Adrienne Williams, who she is the founder of the Neighborhood Project that was founded in 2006. And for years, she has been having a Kwanzaa service as part of what the Neighborhood Project does in its expansive programs that includes after-school programs, summer camps, which are enrolling now, so please look into them and consider enrolling your children if you have children or grandchildren in those programs, but also this celebration of Kwanzaa, which you have been involved with, Brother Clinton, for 16 years, is that right? For about 25, 26? 25 or 26 years. So huge to have you here sharing that with us as part of, I know, your evangelism of sharing Kwanzaa and spreading it around the city and deepening our life as a city and a community, an interfaith community. 
Our offering this morning is going to be for the Neighborhood Project SF and for its works, and so thank you in advance for your generosity as part of enriching that work and strengthening it. So gratitude for the guests here on the chancel with me. But there is one more, two more actually. Larry Chin, our jazz pianist and guest musician this morning. It's so lovely to have you with us. And um, Larry was signed up to do music before Kwanzaa became a reality and has looked and pulled music this morning to be part of this and deepen this and enrich this service. So we thank you for that. And Ben Rudiaka Gould, who's our song leader. So it's wonderful. Thanks again, too, to all of the people who make this service possible. To Don Shearer and Eric Shackelford on camera, the irreplaceable Jonathan Silk, to Remigio Flood, who helped prepare the building, and to Joe Chapeau, who was on chat. So if you have questions, he will be able to answer some of your technical questions. And so, Welcome to worship, and we begin lighting a candle, this blue candle that we have lit since the shutdown orders took place in March of 2020, calling all of your spirits into this space until we can all be together in body again. So welcome to worship. You all are going to sing from home. Here we have gathered. It's number 360. It's in your order of service. And we are going to hum along until we're allowed to sing at the final hymn this morning. <laughs> welcome. And regret, but 
Good morning, everyone. Please join me as we light the chalice. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for joining us. You can follow along with the order of worship. If you haven't already found that order of worship, you can see the link. It should be in the chat or 
close to where you signed up to get onto the video for this morning's worship. And if you want to get pushed into your email, a link to the Sunday video in order of service every week, as well as keep up to date with other opportunities and ongoings in this community, please fill out our connections form and we will put you on that list to receive those email updates. After service today, we will have our Zoom coffee hour, so join us virtually, join one another virtually for some time to connect before heading out into your week. And I want to invite everyone, as always, to read through the order of service and the weekly flame that we send out on Wednesdays to look for all the opportunities for spiritual deepening, for the ways that you can enter into the complicated questions of who we are and how we need to live our values in the world that are part of the ongoing life of this community, deeper study, ways to connect with people, ways to serve. All of them available to everyone, every week. Just keep an eye out for what calls to you. Particularly next week, I want to call out to our folks who'd like to join the BIPOC gathering that will happen as it does the first Sunday of every month on Zoom at 9.30, is that right, Rochelle? Is that the start time now for the Sunday morning BIPOC group is 9.30 or is it? The first Sunday of the month. First Sunday of the month. At 9.30, so please, please, if you are BIPOC, please consider joining and joining the community that meets there until we can gather in person also, next week will be service with the Reverend Dr. David Usher, who's going to be preaching again with us. That will also be live stream only, so we'll see you there. And just a reminder today, too, that the offering will be taken for the Neighborhood Project San Francisco. So welcome again to worship. I am going to make space for Rochelle to lead us in our covenant this morning. Welcome. And now please join me in saying the words of our covenant, which are printed in your order of service. Love is the spirit of this church and service is prayer. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to speak the truth in freedom, and to help one another. From all that dwell below the skies, let songs of hope and faith arise. Let peace, good will on earth be sung through every land by every tongue. Oh, 
It's not in your printed order of worship this morning, but I wanted to invite us into our ritual of remembrance and commitment on this, the last Sunday of 2021. Recognizing that there is human suffering all over this world in the course of natural and human catastrophes. We ring our gong today in honor of such places of suffering and struggle, three of them. We ring our gong first, as we have since July of 2019, for those lives held and those lives lost in federal custody in our detention camps, for the struggle at our borders, and all the realities in our nation that speak to a disregard of human life that reflects a xenophobia, racism, and greed that has threaded throughout the nation's history. We ring our gong seven times for this week of days this year, bearing witness to the ongoing spiritual tear in the fabric of our shared national life. We ring our gong additionally once for the losses to COVID-19 this year. Whereas last year, the losses of life in the United States were 385,000 this year so far, the numbers of people who have died from the virus are 452,779. So for all those lives cut short and all those who continue to strain to preserve life and the ongoing trauma that they have of presiding over so much illness and death that all of us do. And for all those who are struggling to provide and administer vaccines and find and develop medicines and treatments to counteract or protect against the virus and its effects on the human body, we ring our gong once. And finally, this day, we will strike our gong once for the life and leadership and the courage and the legacy of Archbishop Desmond Tutu, a person who used his power and position and the truth he spoke to bring down apartheid, and who used his power and position and the truth he spoke to ask for reconciliation in the rebuilding of that nation and showed so many nations around the world of that possibility, both of them. So for Desmond Tutu, we will ring our gong once. And so may we keep those we have named in our thoughts and in our prayers this day. And may we ease the tide of human suffering this coming week Howsoever we can.
I'd invite us now to enter into a time of deepening of prayer and meditation. However, we know that invitation to go still and anchor deep. Spirit of life and love that moves within us and among us. For all that is our life, in its mystery and exasperating concrete beauty, we give thanks. For the seasons turning and for what endures, we give thanks. for a year passing with its blessings and losses, the wisdom it leaves behind imprinted on us and the questions it has raised, for our health and all the ways we enjoy it and for our fragile bodies, too, always in need of tending, never invincible, and the humble mortality that is the backdrop of our lives that stands right alongside our power and ability to mold the world every hour that we live in it. May we leave a legacy of kindness and community made stronger and people and ideals lifted up and with gratitude for all the ways in which we were able to do so in this year just past and all who did so. In this last season of holy days and holidays, we ask that what we need to be hearing this hour these hours of resolve and reflection be lifted up in us. And what we need to live be anchored deep into our bones and who we need to serve be brought before our eyes. And each day and each season and each year be a harvest that we share. and all the prayers of our own silent hearts, this hour be lifted up too. So spirit of life, please bless the prayers spoken and held in silence in our hearts. Amen.
And now our offering for the works and ministries of the Neighborhood Project San Francisco will be given and gratefully received. Thank you for your generosity. Abarigani, what's the good news? I'm so excited to be, with you, be here with you all today. For me, this is nothing short of a miracle because today's Kwanzaa celebration uh, truly fits the textbook definition uh, of what a miracle is, a surprising and welcoming event that is not, a, not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. It was just over a year ago that I learned about the SF Village Project, a nonprofit uh, supporting the African-American community in San Francisco and their leader, Ms. Adrian Williams. Let me tell you the story uh, of how I learned about it and why it's a miracle for me. It was the day before Christmas Eve last year when I left my therapist's office with tears streaming down my cheeks. I can't remember exactly what we had talked about, but I know that my spirit was stretched thin and I was feeling lost. Our youngest, Sterling, was just over a month old and I had not yet found the small group ministry here at UUSF. I had not yet decided to resign from my job as a med at a medical device startup to be a stay-at-home parent and my mother-in-law had not yet entered the hospital with a terminal illness. As I slid into the car, I yearned for the comfort of music to soothe my soul. So I set my radio to KPU. That's the poor people's radio, 89.5 on the FM dial in San Francisco, in case anyone's interested. And that's when the miracle began. Instead of music, I heard Miss Williams being interviewed about her work with the SF Village Project. 
and the annual SF Kwanzaa celebration. That very next day, Christmas Eve, just one year ago, I sent an email to Ms. Williams, and I want to share you, with you exactly what I wrote. Dear Ms. Williams, I want to thank you for all that you've done with the SF Village Project, especially to create a cultural ritual to bring folks together to celebrate Kwanzaa. I'm very grateful that I faithfully turned my radio to Kapu yesterday and heard your interview. It was so timely that I think God may have helped me find it. I wanted to share some of the background about my family and why we are excited for this year's celebration. Our family has two young boys, Liam and Sterling. We are also a multiracial family. I am white and my wife is African-American. We both grew up in the South and transplanted to the SF Bay Area over 12 years ago. As Liam is getting older, my wife and I have been discussing ways for our family to build new rituals in the community that teach our sons the values that we want to pass on, especially including their black heritage. This year's Village, Project, this year's Village Project's virtual Kwanzaa celebration feels like a great fit for us to participate and teach our sons the seven principles of Kwanzaa. We are so looking forward to participating virtually in 2020 and hope to stay connected more with the Village Project community in 2021. Merry Christmas and Happy Kwanzaa. When Christina and I started our family, I felt like we didn't have a community that we could just plug into and feel at home. So that's why it's a miracle to me that UUSF and the SF Village Project are coming together today as these are the communities that have held space for our family and helped us build new traditions. And especially for us to establish this during the last winter holiday season that my children were able to be with their grandmother. I'm so grateful to the SF Village Project and especially Brother Clint for leading us today in our Kwanzaa celebration. And I hope it's the beginning of new connections. Kwanzaa centers around seven principles that Brother Clint will teach us all about during today's celebration. These principles resonated deeply with my spirit as they provide a framework for how we can live our lives every day during the year. And I think it's fitting that the first principle, umoja, unity, brings folks together in community. And unity is something Unitarian Universalists cherish so much so that it's in our name. Lastly, I'll never forget what I heard Brother Clint say last, at last year's celebration. Bring your white friends. So here we are. Ashe.
So welcome to our celebration of Kwanzaa. We're going to begin this morning with a video that Brother Clint suggested we watch that was produced by the Neighborhood Project to enjoy the beginning of our introduction. And then Brother Clint will lead us in a celebration. And there will be some time and space at the end for questions. So those of you who are at home can put your questions in our chat and I will do my best to access them from the sanctuary. Thank you. Brothers and sisters, we have been blessed with a new day, smiled upon with another opportunity to better ourselves, to strengthen our families, and support our community. Recite, if you will, in Guzu Saba, the seven principles. Umoja is unity, and that's the way it should always be, to build and maintain unity in the family, nation, and community. As a people, we need to get together and share our blessings. That's the way it should always be. Umoja is unity. Kuji Chagulia is self-determination, you see? To define ourselves, name ourselves, create ourselves, and speak for ourselves. Kuji Chagulia is self-determination, you see? I need freedom to define my own goals so no one has to speak for me. Uji, collective work and responsibility. To build and maintain our community together. Your worries mine, my worries yours, whatever. Let's take responsibility for our past and what our future's gonna be. Uji, collective work and responsibility. Ujima'a, cooperative economics. Uh, that money, man. To build and maintain our own stores, our own shops, our own businesses, getting props, sharing profits, feeling fine. I buy your goods, you buy mine. Believing people come before prophets do. Power to the people, to the me, to the you. Ujima'a, we must understand that money, man. Nia is purpose, like a little girl's name, to make our collective work the lifting and building of our community so our people can rise to their traditional greatness. We are social beings and we must work together, I heard. But Nia's purpose, so it's all good. Kuumba is creativity to do always as much as you can in the way that you can. So the community we inherit is more lovely than it began. Uh, enhance the world, a flavor from you, a taste from me. Kuumba is creativity. Imani is faith. To believe in our hearts and our people, in our parents and our teachers too, and the righteousness of our struggle. Believe in the power of you. Selectively honor our leaders. Forever encourage the young with mind, with faith. Umoja, that means unity. Kujichagulia, self-determination. Ujima, collective work and responsibility. Ujima'a, cooperative economics. Nia, purpose. Kuumba, creativity. Imani, faith. 
Umoja. Kujichagulia. Ujima. Ujima. Nia. Kuumba. Imani. Ashe. Who's going to have a positive day? Ashe, Ashe. Who's going to have a positive learning day? Ashe, Ashe. Who will respect themselves today? Ashe, Ashe. Who will respect the teachers today? Ashe, Ashe. Who will smile today? Say still. Who will laugh today? Say I. Who will love today? Say rise. Who's gonna celebrate Kwanzaa today? Say Ashe. Yeah. You get your rock on. Come on. You know you feel that. Say I'm gonna get my Kwanzaa on. Say I'm gonna get my Kwanzaa on. Say I'm gonna get my Kwanzaa. Say I'm gonna get my Kwanzaa on. Clap your hand now. Kwanzaa is a seven-day celebration for a year-long practice. Kwanzaa was created and founded in 1966 by Milana Karanga to bring the black community together. It's a way for black people to get together every year for the same reason, for the same thing. Seven days, seven principles, seven symbols of Kwanzaa. The Nguzi Saba at the center of the Kwanzaa celebration gives us a blueprint to heal the community of all of our ills. If we practice Kwanzaa 365 days a year, by the time we get back to the Kwanzaa celebration, we're stronger, we're better, we're more together. We're celebrating our unity, we're celebrating self-determination. Collective work and responsibility is what's gonna help cooperative economics thrive in the community. Be creative, show our purpose, have faith. Celebrate Kwanzaa with your family. Celebrate Kwanzaa with your community. Celebrate Kwanzaa with the world. Say, I'm gonna get my Kwanzaa on. Say, I'm gonna get my Kwanzaa on. I'm gonna get me some Kwanzaa. I'm gonna get my Kwanzaa on. Celebrate Kwanzaa today, tomorrow, and forever. Leave Kwanzaa as a legacy to the children. I'm gonna get my Kwanzaa on. How about you? I love that. Ah, very nice, very nice. Well, all right then. So we begin by saying Habari Ghani. Habari Ghani is a question. It's like, what's the news? The news for today is Umoja. Umoja is unity. Before I go any further in the African tradition, I would like to ask permission from my elders to continue. Ashe. 
So one of the things that we want to do on the front end of our Kwanzaa celebration is to invite the ancestors. We invite the ancestors with an ancient ritual called libations. Libations is the pouring out of liquid in honor of those people who have passed away. With one person, usually the oldest in the village, pouring liquid into the ground, into a plant, or into a vessel. As the water cascades, my voice vibrates through it and it becomes something special. It becomes an offering to those who came before us, to those whose shoulders we stand on and are obligated. I pour out a little love, a little love for my mother, Roberta Robertson. Ashe, Ashe. <laughs> I pour out a little love, a little love for Baba James Kuntz. Ashe, Ashe. I pour out a little love for Leah Smith. Ashe. For jazz legend, Count Basie. Ashe. When we pour libations, to say the name of someone who has lived before us is to remember them. They come alive in our hearts and minds. They say when you die, you're dead. But when people stop saying your name, you are truly dead. Never stop saying the names of those people who came before us, whose shoulders we stand on and are obligated. I pour out a little love for Adorno Silvestri. Ashe. I pour out a little love for my grandfather, Wiley Hardy. Ashe. I was just told this morning that our beloved Desmond Tutu has passed over. Desmond Tutu. Ashe. Maya Angelou. Ashe. Madiba. Nelson Mandela. Ashe. Right now, I'd like to pour, because I don't know the names of your loved ones. I'd like for you each to say the name of someone who you do not want to forget, someone whose name you would like to keep in your mind and your heart forever. I'll pour, and you say their names out loud so that your name vibrates through this libation as well. Say their names. Say their names. Say their names, honor them, honor them, honor them. Leroy Satchel Page, Ashe, Mahalia Jackson, Ashe, Thomas Starr King, Ashe. We pour out love for those who came before us. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. I'm not going to drink this. I'm not going to pour it down the drain. I'm going to make sure that it finds its way into a plant or into the soil so that it can breathe again. It can rise up into the air and maybe come down on our faces as rain. Ashe. I am so, so, so happy to be here this morning. I love Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is a week-long celebration for a year-long practice. In 1966, at the height of the Civil Rights Movement, Morlana Karenga founded Kwanzaa in Los Angeles, California. Or maybe it was Watts. What's up with that? We want to remember the beginning because it's a very young celebration. 
Kwanzaa is not Black Christmas. Kwanzaa is not a religious holiday or celebration. Kwanzaa is a cultural celebration. Kwanzaa is a week-long celebration of the Nguzu Saba for a year-long practice in our communities, in our hearts, and in our minds. Kwanzaa was founded using African words to connect us back as we were moving forward. Swahili, a very, very African language, are the languages and the words that you hear during the song and during the celebration. When we were brought here as stolen kings and queens, we were told we could not practice any of our customs, cultures, or languages. And so we went in to the blackness, to the blackness. There was a time when there were no races, only Africans. So we must be brothers and sisters. How else would it be possible? As our African brothers moved across the African continent and into the European continent, the land separated. Our brothers were left in a cold and desolate environment, not the warm sunshine of Mother Africa, and evolution took its place. There was a time when there were no races, only Africans. And so we tried to connect back to that which was taken from us, was forbidden to us. And we have Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is only about a half a century old, actually, if you do your math. But things were created to help us to build a stronger community. Each one of those principles has a purpose, Nia, that can help us to grow our community to its traditional greatness. Kwanzaa happens on the 26th of December, so it doesn't really, it, it doesn't conflict with Christmas. If you want to do your Christmas, get your Christmas on, and then get your Kwanzaa on, basically. So on the 26th, we ask the question, Habari Ghani? And the answer would be, Umoja. Umoja is unity. And each day, the question would be asked, and another principle would be shared. If you want to have a Kwanzaa table at your house, you need seven symbols, but you could have as many as nine. Seven symbols is all you need. One of the things on the table is called the Mkeka, the mat. It represents Mother Africa, the foundation, and all of the other symbols, seven symbols must touch it. The mat, the Nkeka, is the foundation and it represents Africa. Upon the mat is the Kinara. The Kinara, the first three words of Kinara is K-I-N, to help you remember that it's representative of the ancestors and the elders. And upon the shoulders of the ancestors and the elders that are still with us, are the seven candles, Mishuma Asaba, the seven candles. 
Each one of the candles represents one of the principles of Kwanzaa. It's red, black, and green, like Marcus Garvey's Pan-African flag, the Bandera. Red, black, and green. Marcus Garvey said red, black, and green. Each one of these colors represents something. In a word, the red represents struggle. Literally, it represents the blood that runs through the people of the African diaspora. It represents what we must do, as Frederick Douglass said, in order to progress. Frederick Douglass said, where there's no struggle, there's no progress. The black candle represents the people, the culture, the community. The green candles represent hope in a word. Trees, land, that money man. So each one of the colors are a part of the story that's being told during Kwanzaa. The mat is one symbol, the kinara is another, the seven candles, three. I used the unity cup to pour the libation. When you fashion your Kwanzaa celebration, you can use your unity cup to catch the libation, to drink from it and pass around to each family member. You design your Kwanzaa celebration. Just make sure that these seven symbols are included. The vabunzi, the corn. The ear of corn represents the children and the potential of the children. Each kernel of this vabunzi, I like saying that, vabunzi, yeah. Each kernel of this has the potential to grow another stock of corn, which has the potential to have many ears of corn, just like our children have the potential to procreate and recreate our family, our bloodline. This is the vabunzi. It should be placed on the front of your Kwanzaa setting, and if you have two children, two ears of corn. If you have three, three ears of corn. If you have nine or 10 kids, don't put a bushel of corn on your table. Just put one to represent the male and one to represent the female children in your household. The crops, the mazao, is representative of your year. If you had a good year, fill it with colorful fruits and vegetables. If you had a meager year, fill it up anyway in hopes of a better year to come, the mazao. And the last thing, the seventh symbol, is the zawadi. Zawadi are the gifts. The gifts should be handmade. My daughters used to make me the best Kwanzaa gifts. Oh my goodness, their imaginations were boundless and I still have every one of them. The gifts, the gifts should not be purchased at Walmart or Target. They should be handmade. And if they are gonna be purchased, 
They should be bought from black vendors or maybe from the continent. Books, one of my favorite Kwanzaa Zawadi, because books teach reading and books are full of knowledge. So books are a wonderful expression of Zawadi during Kwanzaa. Seven symbols, the mat, the candle holder, the seven candles, the unity cup, the corn, the ears of corn, the crops, and the zawadi. These are the symbols that you need for a proper Kwanzaa setting. Make your Kwanzaa setting low enough that the children can see it. If you want to really jazz it up and make it special, you could add a bandera, like the one I have here. The red, the black, and the green, which is so important. The poinsettias are red, black, and green. They've probably been celebrating Kwanzaa all this time. It's a wonderful, wonderful celebration. And I wouldn't suggest that people that aren't black go out and buy Kanara, no more than I would suggest that people that aren't Jewish go out and buy a menorah. It's a celebration that's to be shared. Black people are sharing themselves, their culture and their community with the world. Find your black friends and go celebrate Kwanzaa with them. Have them invite you to the celebration because that's what it's about. Kwanzaa is such a wonderful way for us to heal the community and I'll demonstrate why. As we light the candles each night, the candles are lit in a certain way. It's to tell a story. Tonight, we'll light the black candle. It represents the people, the culture, and the community. And when the candle is lit, the village would say, Ashe. Ashe is from Ghana. It's from the Yoruba language. It means amen. It means you go. It means bless you. It means mm-hmm. So when you light the black candle, you're starting to tell the story. I'm going to light all the candles for you so that you know how to do this, but each day you would only light one, and then you would put it out, and the next day you would relight that candle and the one that represents the day. Tomorrow, we would light a red candle because we're saying black people struggle so that you can progress, struggle so that you can get some money, struggle so you can get some trees on your property in the backyard and build a treehouse for your kids. So tomorrow, we would light a red candle. What happens when we light the kinara is the flames illuminate the room. The children should be invited to light the candles. Maybe not give no uh, child that likes to play with fire uh, uh, matches or a lighter, but you could guide their hand. You could hold the lighter, and then you could have them hold on to your wrists. On the third day, Ujima, we would light a green candle, because we're telling a story. Black people struggle so you can progress. On the fourth day, 
Ujima'a, we would light a red candle, and the village would say, Ashe. Ujima'a is one of my favorites because if we spend our money in the community, the community would be rich. In, the, uh, in Chinatown or in Japantown, people get paid, their money goes around the neighborhood seven, eight, ten times before it leaves the neighborhood. Not so much in the black community, and that's something we have to work on. On the fifth day, we would light a green candle. Okay. We have a green candle. It represents Nia, purpose. The red candle. Ashe represents Kuumba, which is the last day of the year and when we would have our Karamu feast and exchange our Zawadi. And on the last day, we would light a green candle, Ashe, and it would represent Imani. And probably the best thing would be to stay at home, reflect on the year that has been, and look forward to the year to come. My name is Brother Clint Sockwell. I represent the Village Project here in San Francisco. Adrienne Williams is my big sister, and she has been bringing Kwanzaa to the neighborhood for 15 or 16 years. I've been honored to be a part of that. Michael Chappie Grice up in Portland, Oregon, was one of the people that uh, told me, you should share Kwanzaa. You, you got away with it, brother. My name is Brother Clint Sockwell. I love you more than you would know. At the end of your Kwanzaa celebration, you do harambe. You reach up into the sky, pull down a handful of love over your heart, and say harambe. You do it seven times. Y'all want to help me with this? Let's all stand. We're going to reach up. When we pull it down, we're going to say harambe. We're going to do it seven times. Somebody keep track. I'll try to keep track. Here we go. Harambe. Harambe. Harambe, 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 Harambe. One more. Harambe. And it means let's all pull together. Let's all pull together. Let's all pull together. Let's all pull together. Celebrate Kwanzaa with your family. Black people, share yourself, share your culture, and share the community with the world. My name is Brother Clint Sockwell. I love you more than you'll ever know. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much, Brother Clint. I know we just touched barely what when we, you and I were talking on the phone, and at one point, I don't even think we got into like the scratching the surface, and at one point you said, look at your Look at your phone, see what it says. <laughs> it said one hour and seven minutes. <laughs> so we, we have a lot, we have a lot to tease out. And we did say to folks um, that we would have a chance if there were any questions. And I don't normally bring my phone and check, check my phone during worship, but I have in honor of this. And I have to say all of the words in the chat have been just celebration and people wishing they could be here in person. and and one person commenting that we in our denomination have an original seven principles since the 80s, and we're working to add an eighth. 
And so we just feel as powerful as Unitarian Universalists to have this parallel, and, and mm. in, I think intriguing for folks. But I don't see any questions. Was I that there? Well, I think people are just excited to hear more. Wow. So well, I don't know if, if Christina and, and Rochelle, if there's something that you thought that you might, that we should ask to tease out one piece that you feel like you want to hold up that didn't get held up this morning. Do you, do you want to speak from the mic just so other, everybody on can hear? Good morning. Brother Clint, thank you for coming. Um, my one question is, how does the SF Village Project celebrate Kwanzaa? What is happening in the community starting today? Um, Kwanzaa, uh, different people celebrate Kwanzaa in different ways. Uh, there's some things happening at the Bayview Opera House, which I am uh, a member of. Um, there's a lot of people that have their own celebrations at their homes. Um, you know, it's one of those things where uh, it's so new until had not Adrian been celebrating all around the neighborhood, like tonight, if you really want to know, you can go to the Village Project and there'll be a virtual Kwanzaa celebration. Brother Malik Seneferu, my partner in rhyme, videotaped each day of uh, Kwanzaa. And if you go to the link, you can find today's principle explained. There'll be poetry and dance. And at the end, there's going to be a, a blues session for about an hour. Adrian loves the blues. And each night, there's going to be blues that's going to be shared with people. Yes, indeed. So we are going to be celebrating virtually. But in the neighborhood, it's hard to say. Uh, you know, because it's COVID, people aren't really gathering like we used to. And uh, so it's one of those things where you just have to look around, look in the Bayview newspaper or the, you know, the, one of the black newspapers, and uh, maybe there's a celebration. Now, if you went to Oakland, oh, they do Kwanzaa big in Oakland. But, you know, um, I'm not really sure what's happening here in San Francisco, except for what we've provided. Thank you so much. Thank you for being with us. My pleasure. I hope and expect, if we, if we can talk you back into it, that it won't be the first time. I mean, the, it will be the first time always, but not the only time. Yes, hopefully we can do this again. Larry, thank you. Well, now we know Habari Ghani. Limoja. 
today, December 26, would have been my Aunt Micey's 67th birthday. And so for Edith, Arizona Steed, I say Ashe. For my father, Huey P. McCauley, Ashe. For my mother, Lonette Steed McCauley, Ashe. I'm deeply grateful for this UUSF community, my community, for collecting the offering twice last month in my mother's honor to support the black women's health imperative. Thank you. And for all of my ancestors, Ashe, I am standing on your shoulders and I am your wildest dreams. And from this vantage point, I wanna share with you all what Kwanzaa means to me. Most of my life, I have been one of the few, or really the only, black person in my community, be it at school, at work, uh, my in-law family, or this UUSF community. And it can feel quite othering, being the only. I ask myself, do I contort myself to get in, to fit in, putting other people's comfort ahead of my own? Do I feel safe turning off the code switching part of my brain so that I may show up as my authentic self? Where can I find that comfortable space that reflects my experience and my identity so I can have a deep sense of belonging by default? When I was growing up, my family moved several times as my mom took new job opportunities, advancing her career in healthcare. And my dad and I were just along for the ride. And looking back, I realized that my mom prioritized connections that instilled pride in my black and African-American heritage, no matter where we were, no matter where we lived. And my earliest memories of Kwanzaa um, we're doing my elementary years when we lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's not a whole lot of black people in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but they're there, we're there. And we celebrated at Miss Debbie's house. She was one of my mom's sorority sisters from Delta Sigma Theta. And I thought she was so cool. Every year she would invite us to her Kwanzaa celebration or Kwanzaa feast on the next to last day of Kwanzaa. And her home was filled with African art and sounds of jazz and gospel and a lot of kente cloth. The Kwanzaa table was out with the kanara and the red and the black and the green candles. In every day of life, I was the only black kid in my class and my parents were the only black adults that I saw on a regular basis until it was Miss Debbie's house at Kwanzaa. And there I saw my reflection in the many shades of her guests, warm brown skin. And I felt instantly and inherently loved. And I felt like I belonged. We moved from Albuquerque to Louisville, Kentucky for my middle school and high school years. My mom signed me up for Black Achievers. It was an extracurricular enrichment program run through the YMCA. And every Saturday morning, about 200 black youth from around Louisville were focused on black excellence. And we would gather for rituals and learnings. Our day always began with a recitation of the Nguzu Saba, 
we would say the seven principles. And we did it all year long. We did it all year long. It wasn't just during Kwanzaa, every Saturday. So I invite all of you to take a moment, close your eyes if, if you feel like it, and imagine yourself in the YMCA auditorium filled with black youth, the potential of black youth. It was an auditorium full of future leaders, internalizing self-determination, collective work and responsibility, and faith in unity. So picture yourself there with that swelling around you, and I encourage everyone to reflect on the synergy of the connection between the principles of Unitarian Universalism and the principles of Kwanzaa, as Reverend Vanessa shared. And you know, I'll be honest, I am a bit anxious to be up here today um, as newly minted member of UUSF with my family. I don't want us to be tokens on display in an act of diversity. But here we are because representation matters. And I'm uphill, up here telling my story to deepen my relationship and my connection with UUSF. And I also wanna let other people of color know, particularly black people, that this community is growing to becoming, growing to become a welcoming spiritual home for you too. And I wanna offer a final reflection to my community that is not black to ensure this day is about appreciation and not appropriation of culture, of black culture. Um, sometimes that line between appropriation and appreciation can be, can be thin, but I do believe that it is bright and clear. So my charge to you is to lean into that appreciation by learning more about the rich cultural significance of Kwanzaa. Take the foundation that Brother Clint so thoughtfully laid here today and deepen your understanding of the seven principles. And as you sing our songs and dance to our music and tell our stories and wear our designs or share in our traditions, as I invite you to and I hope you do, as you are doing that, ensure that you are invested in the well-being and equitable thriving of all Black people. Invest in the black community locally and everywhere by using your vote, your voice, your privilege, your dollar, and your faith. So I'll close by returning to that YMCA auditorium. We ended every Black Achievers gathering by singing Lift Every Voice and Sing, a beautiful song proudly referred to as the Black National Anthem. It's a song known by heart in the black diaspora as if we had inherited it in our DNA. And when I hear it and when I sing it, I'm taken to the future. And I see my two sons, Liam and Sterling. They're three in one right now, but I see them clearly, perhaps in their own auditorium, surrounded by 200 other bright, aspiring, and loving black teenagers preparing for their futures. So let's together sing the Black National Anthem on this first day of Kwanzaa. 
As a community, let's appreciate the message of purpose and hope and strength within its words. So Rochelle and I will be, oh, there you are. <laughs> Rochelle and I will begin together um, and we'll invite others to join us. Thank you and Ashe. Ashe. Oh, 
Amen. Thank you all. Thank you all for joining us. And now let's center ourselves in this Sunday before a week, in this Sunday on the precipice of a new year. In our comings and our goings, may the light of love shine upon us. Out from within each and every one of us, be gracious unto us and grant us peace. And show us the way to take the wisdom of this year just past, the joy, the memories, and step into the challenges and the opportunities of the year just beyond our reach. Go in peace, go in courage, go in love. Blessings upon us all. Amen. The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.